Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of the Kramer Basketball, of the Kramer Basketball, of Kramer Basketball and the Coach's Edge. And as we dive into the month of January, scouting becomes even more important. We're getting into conference play. We talked about that in the last episode, and I've held on to this one. It is a Coach's Edge members presentation meeting with A.J. Burton, Associate Head Coach at Southern Maine Community College. And as you listen into this audio piece, keep in mind, he's doing an actual presentation. He's showing some video, he's showing uh, some different graphics and PDFs of what he presents to his team, but it's articulated really well. And my hope is as you listen to it, you'll start to think about what the key points are that he's talking about when creating a scouting report, you have all this information as a coach, and then what do you decide to relay to your players? So they're getting what they need, but they're not getting too much whether that's the other team's constants, some of the other team's sets, if they have any habits out of timeout that your players can look for, how he breaks down film sessions and giving the game keys as you're heading into the game are really, really important. Something that Coach Burton touches on and much, much more in about this 30 minute episode. So if you like it, please subscribe, rate, review. Thank you to Coach Burton for taking the time. A lot of great stuff in store for the Coach's Edge if we can help you out in any way, whether that's uh, getting access to our zone offense package, our practice plan series, or you're curious about, hey, I want to join the Coach's Edge when I can and become a member, get access to all the resources and, and our members only meetings and everything else that we have in store. Uh, you can reach out to me and let me know. Contact at KramerBasketball.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Coach Burden. Let's get to the show. not like go through the scout report like fast, but like, I'm going to go at maybe a little bit quicker rate. Um, I'll go in depth on some of the things, but coach Kramer and I were talking, you know, we might want to spend maybe 25, 30 minutes here, but then spend the rest of the portion kind of me talking about our four out one in offense and how we implement it um, with our guys year in year out. Um, So if everybody's good, I'm going to share the screen right now. Um, Let's make sure we are good. All right, coach Kramer, can you see that? Make sure that's, Yep, I can see it. All right, we're good to go. And again, coaches, feel free to chime in um, anytime you want. Um, but anyways, let's kind of get started here on how we conduct our scout reports here um, with our young men at Southern Maine Community College. Um, you know, one of the first things that I do is, you know, this is how I kind of break it down every time it leads to a scout report for us. Um, you know, I'm going to watch our opponent's three most recent games, um, you know, at the time of the year when you have to start the season, you know, you don't have that benefit of watching their most recent games. So, you know, for me, I got to backtrack into last season um, or hopefully, you know, I can get some intel or info on, hey, they scrimmage against this person. You know, I can give that coach a call, um, kind of pick their brains a little bit, or if they have film provided, um, they could share it with me as well. Um, like, obviously, the next week's our home opener, um, first game of the season. It's going to be very unique. I'm not going to have any ability to do a scout report at all. Um, we're playing the Navy prep school. Uh, they have a brand-new coach. The only thing I know that they're going to do is they're going to play with incredible effort, intensity, and most likely they're probably going to hard, aggressive switch all screens, um, which is going to make a very unique challenge for our young men, um, especially with being the first game of the season. Um, and before we move any further, I, I always want to hit this note. I think it's very important. Um, you know, everybody's different on their scout reports um, when it comes to their preparation. So for me, when I share this with you guys is, no, this is not the end all be all correct way to do it. You know, what I'm hoping is that you coaches here can take, you know, one, two, maybe three, four things out of this and you can use it 
for your program um, and at least leads to success for you guys. Um, obviously, everyone's got different ways of being successful. So again, I don't want you to think that I everything I say here is the correct way to do it. I want you guys to still do it the way that you've been doing it with your programs. I'm just hoping maybe you can just grab a couple things out of this session that I'm going to share with you guys. So like I talked about, the three most um, games I'm going to watch, um, once we get in the thick of it, obviously this would make more sense, but early on, you got to be a little bit different. Um, but once we're in the thick of it, um, obviously the very first session, I'm watching the third most recent game. So let me use this for example. So let's say Navy Prep, again, who we play next Saturday is our home opener. Let's say they had a game tonight and then they'll play on Saturday and then they play again this upcoming Wednesday. So the first game I'm gonna watch is the game that they just played tonight. The second session would be the game they have this Saturday. The third session would be their most recent game leading up to our game itself. And I'm gonna go through all three of these segments and how I break down each um, film session in preparation for scout reports. Um, obviously, you know, here's my sample outline. So before every single game I'm gonna watch, you know, I'm kind of gonna make this diagram here. Um, I shared this uh, PDF file with Coach Kramer um, that's on the Coach's Edge. Yes, this is on the Coach's Edge. So if you guys are curious um, to where you can, you can find this, it's, it's under the, the program development section. So sorry to interrupt you, Coach. No, you're good. You're good. Um, and again, I, I like this setup is because for me, it just seems clean. Um, and I follow this outline to a T game in and game out. So like, I just know where I need to plug in notes, plug in some uh, X and O stuff, personnel things. And in the top left corner, like takeaways, it's more of just like, Hey, what did I see in this game that maybe the opponent did that had success against the team that you're going to be facing upcoming soon um, that you're working your scout report around. Um, and that's just maybe two or three simple things that I see. Um, so again, that's just an outline there. Um, all right, so let's dive into the very first session I do, all right? Um, this is going to be the very longest uh, session that you're gonna partake in. Um, you know, always put down the personnel. For me, I always go starting five and I'm going maybe first two guys or three guys that come off the bench. Um, again, coaches, you know, if you're just comfortable with starting five, maybe the six man, you know, that's fine. Again. Stay, stick with that model because um, sometimes you don't want to do information overload with these guys, um, especially at the high school level. But at the college level, you know, we we ramp it up a little bit. Coach Kramer, you can attest to that, too, when you played at Hope. Um, and I went through the same thing, too. Roughly seven to eight guys, usually on the personnel side. Um, my biggest advice to you, and this was advice given to me when I was a grad assistant, um, with my job being the film breakdown video coordinator, don't watch the ball on this first session. Um, and specifically why you don't want to watch it is just you're trying to pick up the team tendencies, you know, the style of play or the continuity, you know, is it an up-tempo kind of team, a slow tempo, or are they more a set oriented team? You know, do they just run a traditional offense that, you know, you're trying to pick apart, see what their reading reactions could be off that, um, or any alterations that they do in certain situations. Um, but while you're also watching this game and you're, putting down all this stuff that you're seeing from X's and O standpoints and, and all that, you're also trying to identify what is this, are this team's constants? Um, again, for example, you could talk about the style of play or the continuity, but like other examples you could say is like, this team does an incredible job of gang rebounding. Um, they all check out or a constant is boy off missed shots. They leak one guy out every single time. You know, you're, you'll start picking up some tendencies on that that you can maybe just start jotting down notes on. And that's stuff that you can share with your guys or your gals um, leading up in those practices up to that game. 
you know, other things too in film, uh, the first film session, again, this is again, what makes it the longest session is, you know, for me, I'm writing down every set that they run, um, including blobs and slobs. Um, again, a lot of times I'll let it play. I'll see a set developing. I'll let it run through. I'll rewind it, start drawing like kind of the X's and O's, make sure I get everybody right on where they're going and all that action. Um, and then I might watch it maybe a third time just to double check, make sure I got everything down on paper that I need um, for the scout report. And that includes blobs and slobs. Another thing too, you know, sometimes like, again, we play in smaller um, environments. So I have the ability to maybe pick up on some, you know, cues um, or signals for what the play call is. Um, so for example, if like a play call is box and I hear it, I'm going to write box right next to it. So then I know like when I hear box, when we play them, I know what's going to be coming for these guys. Um, so we can get our guys prepared to be successful on that defensive possession. Um, again, here's one that I, I picked up on and I learned it very quick at the collegiate level. Um, you know, ATOs, uh, after timeouts, you know, a lot of times at the, uh, and the high school level happens too, but you know, after every timeout, whether it is a timeout itself or at the end of a quarter, I'm going to kind of be prepared to write something down, maybe X and O's, or maybe make a quick note on, you know, you might pick up a tendency. For example, we have a team in our conference. Um, they are notoriously known for after the timeout is done, they're going to come out. It's going to be a backdoor type of action. And sure enough, we would go out there and we would say to the guys like, Hey, be ready for a backdoor. There it comes. It happens. Sometimes they'll be successful. Sometimes we'll be in the proper position defensively. But again, just some things too you could pick up ten tendency wise that you could see and again jot down again maybe you don't need to share it with the guys but maybe at a timeout maybe the assistant coach could be like hey coach remember they they like to run this action after a timeout or if they start with the ball in the second half like just keep that in the back of your mind and it's something that you can maybe just echo to your guys as they're leaving the huddle or the last thing you say before they break um again just a quick little heads up reminder to those guys um again I talk about all the offense stuff. This also includes the defensive stuff that we're also going to cover. Um, you know, from a team defensive standpoint, you know, example here, if they play man to man, I kind of ask myself these questions every single time um, when it comes to the scout report. And I kind of want these ones to be answered for the most part. If they're not answered, that's okay. Cause you can continue to answer these questions throughout the film breakdown session of session two and potentially the third session as well. Um, the one of the first questions I'm going to ask myself is, Okay, and man to man, how do they defend ball screens? Is it a hard hedge, soft hedge? Is it no hedge at all? Or is it just your ordinary um, switch? Now, if they do switch, I might see if I can pick up, like, do they hard switch? Is it maybe a light, you know, soft token switch? You know, just trying to pick up um, some of the action there. Again, that's going to help us be successful on the offensive end against this opponent. You know, how do they defend off ball screens? You know, later on, as we talk about our motion offense that we run, you know, we're always trying to engage the weak side guys um, in some action on a screening purpose, whether it's a flare screen or down screen. But for me, I'm kind of watching like, okay, how are they defending it? Are they glued to their guy? If they're glued to our guy, that's great to know for our ball handlers if they're coming off like a ball screen example. Um, hey, when you come off, just be aggressive downhill. There might be no help side there because they're worried about what's going on in the weak side action with our guys. Um, how do they defend the posts? So full front, three quarter, they just play dead behind. Um, how do they defend off the ball? You know, do they play up the line? Do they play flat to their man? Or is it, you know, like the traditional Virginia style, do they play that pack line defense? Um, where do they pick up the ball? 
Um, again, this is a tendency that you'll pick up very early in the game. Um, and again, they might change it up from time to time, but if not by the first session, definitely by the second session, you're going to know where they truly want to pick up the ball. Um, do they take charges? Um, you know, I put this down because again, we have a team in our conference um, and I know their head coach very well. He does talk about, you know, he has this chart of how many charges guys take throughout the season. And that's something they take pride in. So example, when we lead up to that game, we play them this December. Like That's one thing I'm going to constantly echo to guys and practice day in and day out, even the game up. Fellas, when you attack downhill aggressively, be ready that they're going to take a charge. So be prepared to jump stop, be under control, and then play from there. Um, and then the last one, you know, how does the defense react to post touches? Um, and again, I'll kind of share again with our motion offense, um, why we kind of look into this, because again, we have action going on in the perimeter, um, while we do give it a post feed. Um, so we're trying to get that quick isolation. So I'm trying to see, you know, do they dig, do they double from the weak side? Is it a designated player that just constantly goes and doubles, you know, just trying to pick up on those again, just so I can share that stuff with our guys. So they're prepared. Um, for when that moment does come in the game. Um, if, they, if they go zone, you know, again, what's the formation? You know, when do they jump into it? Um, is there any trapping in the zone? Um, you know, last night we had a scrimmage with Maine Maritime Academy, who's the NCAA Division III school. Um, in the second half, they played a 1-3-1 zone against us, and they were trapping everything as soon as the ball crossed half court, trying to cause a bunch of chaos. Um, now, I would say this we're a younger group this year. So we haven't implemented our zone offense stuff yet. Uh, but surprisingly on the fly, what we showed and draw it up to them, they, there was some good and there was some little, little choppy uh, action we saw there, but again, it was good for our guys. How far do they extend up in the zone? You know, is it three quarter court? Is it half court? Or is it just your traditional kind of like inside the three point line um, type of zone? What are their weaknesses in the zone? And what I mean by that, I put that note there next to it. You know, when you're watching a team play and they're in a, let's just say you're the traditional two, three zone. And let's say, you know, I'm going to use Coach Campbell, for example. Let's say he's getting ready to play Emily City. And let's say Emily City's playing Armada. And Emily City's playing this zone. But as you're watching the game, Armada seems to find success in scoring opportunities, three, four, five consecutive possessions. Well, once I pick up on that, I'm then going to fall back to, you know, hey, how are they getting these type of looks or these type of scoring opportunities to see where you can see where the breakdown is in that zone action? So, again, it's one, one of the reasons why it makes it a long film session is you're kind of more of like rewinding, watch again, rewind again, watch it again, because you're trying to, again, just pick apart in ways like, okay, what are some things that they do that's going to put us in successful opportunities for our guys to capitalize in? Um, if it's a press, you know, hey, what is the formation? You know, when do they jump into it? And where is the trapping going to take place when they do press? So again, as I said, it's a very long-winded session there. But again, there's a main reason why the first film session is always going to be the longest one. Um, moving forward into our second session. Um, again, I'm always going to put down the personnel, you know, starting five, two to three bench guys as usual. You know, in this session here, this is more of like a team refresher and tendencies, okay? Now you're going to start picking up on what sets they run more often, including blobs and slobs, but also too during the session, by the end of it, definitely you should know the opposing team's constants and identity. And again, it's just two to three just things that you can share with the guys. 
um, with them throughout the week leading into the game, the game itself, the preparation or the final talk before the guys take the floor for warmups. Again, just things that you could take away from just to remind the guys too, to keep them on their toes. Now, this is when I really start to dive into the personnel side. Obviously, I'm still going to focus on some of the team aspect stuff, but this is where I kind of take the deep dive into the personnel piece. And here, I'm just trying to make quick observations on the personnel that I have written down on paper while I'm watching this game. You know, I'm trying to pick up on their positions. You know, is the guy a shooter? Is he a driver? Is he left-handed? Um, does he play with high energy? Is he a role guy? You know, there's so many other ways and terminologies that you all coaches use to describe certain personnel. Um, that's the biggest thing I'm looking for. It's just maybe one to two things during the session I can maybe pinpoint. Um, and again, it's something that I could share with the guys too at the next practice I see them being like, for example, our young man here in the left is pitcher, Jacoby Burpee, um, who was our point guard for two years. Um, had an unbelievable career, but he was the type of guy where, you know, he usually guard our bet the best offensive perimeter guy, um, whether he was three or four inches taller than him, or if he was the same height. So sometimes leading up to it, I say, all right, Jacoby, you're going to be guarding this individual. Here's a couple of things that I've seen so far um, from watching Phil again, just to kind of get his mind, you know, kind of revved up a little bit and have him thinking here a little bit. So I get him ready to go once it's game time. Um, again, like I said, personnel, starting five, two to three bench players. Again, I want you to go with what's best for you. You know, my father, longtime coach at Brown City for 20-something, 24 years, I think it was, you know, for his scout reports, what he would share, he would go the five starters and one guy off the bench, um, the sixth man. So, again, he, he tried to really dummy it down for us. Um, and, again, we're at a lower level, smaller school where I played at in high school. Um, and it, it was very successful for us. Obviously, if you're at a large school and then a lot of it too depends on the type of kids you have, like if they're kids that, you know, love the game of basketball and have that IQ, like, yes, you can maybe share seven, eight guys, definitely, where there's no problem at all. But as long as too as your coaching staff is on top of it as well, that are echoing things as soon as kids check in, reminding them like, hey, Jacoby, kids left handed now, or like, hey, Ryan you got the shooter now. All right. Make sure you got a high hand, always trail his hip when he's coming off screens, just like those things right there. Make sure everyone's in tune. And then finally the third session, um, you know, this is kind of like the finalization of putting it all together. Um, so as you can see, you know, I'm again, I'm always going to put down personnel. Um, and also too, while I'm doing this, I'm also picking up on the tendencies on like when the personnel for example, the guys coming off the bench, you know, I might realize by that third game, okay, the first guy coming off the bench here for central Maine is always going to be the, a point guard. The second guy is always going to be a big and the third guy looks like it's going to be a wing player, but he could also handle the ball too. So he's kind of a versatile kind of guy. Um, but when it comes to the personnel side, when I'm finalizing it again, I'm going to share two to three things on that individual when it comes to the starter. Bench guy, I'm going to share maybe one, two um, things. Now, depending on who the personnel is from a starter perspective, um, as you can see there, like, you know, for example, starter number two, he's a shooter. He prefers catch, shoot, likes to attack with his left hand. Now, depending on the, the player he is, if he is like their go-to guy, he's one of the best players in our conference, I might throw in a fourth thing too. Just again, just to get the guys fully ready um, 
for what they're going to expect. Um, as you can see, as an example there um, with a bench player, number 44, hey, he's a lefty inside player, plays with high energy. You know, so th those would be two things I would remind the guys as soon as he checks in, like Cam Cousins, who's our starting five for us. If number 44 was checking in, I would be echoing the Cam like, hey, Cam, left-handed, he's left-handed. Just again, just to give him that reminder, because um, again, some of these kids might, you know, when you're talking to them, they might tune out some things because they're just, their adrenaline's pumping. They might forget some little, you know, little tidbits that you might share with them. So again, echoing some things to these kids, um, again, guys or girls, it's always a good thing too. And like I mentioned too, about your coaching staff all being engaged too on the scout report and echoing these same things to the guys. And when it comes to the finalization of the team report, you know, for me, it's, hey, what are the three to five most common sense they, sets they run often? Um, you know, I'm going to write down their blobs and slobs that they run often. Again, those are things that we're going to walk through with the guys the day before the game or if we have a morning shoot around, um, walk through session with them. Again, and we talk about how we're going to defend everything and just go over everything. So, again, we don't get beat on these sets. If we're going to lose this game, we're not going to let them beat us because of these sets here. They got to figure out different ways, different altercations or whatever alternatives to execute and defeat us. Um, and again, do they have play calls? You know, remind the guys like, hey, this is box. When you hear this, this is BC. Hey, if you hear them yell ice, like this is their ball screen action here. You know, again, just stuff that we want our guys fine tuned and ready when it comes to the scout report. Um, so again, some final thoughts I could share here, you know, and I guess too, I can, you know, we don't have to answer this question, but it's more of like sometimes that I would, you know, again, we're going to move on to the four out one in, um, here soon. And we can do a deep dive in this later on. And you guys can always reach out to me whenever you want, um, about this stuff, but you know, some of the questions I'd ask you, and this is kind of, can be kind of like a self-reflection away for you guys is, you know, how do you present your scout reports to your team? Um, for us, what we do is like two days before the game, I'm going to have everything up on the dry erase board for them. I also, too, will have like a photocopy, something typed up, maybe not to the same criteria or the same type of length as it is on the board, but it might be more geared to the person outside. Like on the board, I'll have all the X's and O's that they'll see. Um, but again, I give them that alternative kind of like, you know, cheat sheet from a scout report from the personnel side seem to help the guys in the past years of when we've done that. You know, how do you prepare your team for an upcoming opponent um, and break down drills for practice? You know, if it's a team that switches ball screens on us, you know, hey, what is some action that we can run to where we can get a big being guarded by a little? You know, where can we get a big being stuck on our point guard? You know, where, where are we at strengths against them to where we can expose them um, for our better half? You know, the question I have for you guys, and I'm sure most of you guys do this, is like, you know, do you show film of the opponents um, to your team? Um, and when we do that with our guys, it's, hey, maybe you might let the first couple minutes of the start of a game go just so the guys can get a feel of how they play. For example, if they're an up-tempo team, I might say, okay, guys, you're going to watch the first two minutes of this game. We're not going to stop anything. I just want you guys to watch and see how they play up and down, up and down, so you guys can get a feel on what you're going to expect when you see these guys. Um, showing them some of the sets that they're going to run. And that's the time, too, where we might start dissecting, like, hey, this is how we would defend this and kind of break down almost clip by clip um, on some of the action they run. If it's like a ball screen type of offense that they're running, you know, we'll talk about, hey, we're going to hard hedge this. 
Let's make sure ball side guy that's defending the wing here. You got to come help for that split second to bump the roller off the screen. And then you're going to recover to your man out. Weak side guys, there's this action going on. You know, this is what you guys are going to do. This is what your role and expectation will be defending this set. Um, you know, obviously, do you walk through opponent's sets and quick hitters? You know, their blobs and slobs. That's something that we always do with our guys. Um, always the day before the game, or like I said earlier, during like a morning shoot around um, or anything like that. Uh, what are your keys to the game? Um, you know, for us, we try to narrow it down to three to five keys. Um, so when we play somebody, you know, when we play Navy prep, our three to five keys most likely would be um, give the same amount of effort, um, play with just hard, incredible intensity, let's gang rebound as a team, and then let's take advantage of opportunities when they do switch on screens. You know, either, either excuse me, whether it's getting the ball into the post or it's, hey, let's set a high ball screen, let's get the big switch onto our point guard, point guard, let's make a play. You know, play out it from there. Um, and just some reminders too, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you don't want to give your kids too much information and have it be an information overload to where it's just like way too much for them. Um, that was one of the mistakes I made early in my coaching career. Once I came here to SMCC, I realized that I'm giving them too much information. And again, I think part of it was the transition piece for me. I was someone that, you know, had two years of being at the division one level as a grad assistant, you know, and seeing what the scout reports were there. And then coming to this level here at a community college, you know, I had to kind of like dummy it down a little bit. Again, make sure it's comfortable for the guys, for them to understand. And again, I want to just put them in successful positions. Um, you know, another example there, players versions. I keep it simple and clean with the personnel, team defense, some of the sets and quick hitters they run often. And that might just be one or two of them, actually. Blobs and slobs. The coach's version, which I would have, and I give to the other coaches, that's got everything on it. Um, again, ATO type of stuff. Um, potentially, like, I might have a ninth, maybe tenth man, potentially for personnel. Again, just to be prepared, like, they might, they might just throw a wild card and they might put in their tenth guy as their first sub. You know, I would be prepared for that. But for the guys, they might see this guy come in, number, number 15 checks in, they're going to be like, yo, you, he wasn't on the board. Like, who, who is this guy? I would be prepared for that, and I would start echoing to the guys what he would be doing or what his role would be. Um, and one of the last things, too, I could share with you guys before I mean, we ask any questions here. I might have like a minute or two of questions. Something that I did a couple years ago with our guys, and they seemed to love it when it came to scout report, is I started identifying certain personnel in different colors. So the example I could give you is um, the color red. We use that color on the board. So if there is a player that is listed in the color red, that is the individual where it's like, hey, this is one of their go-to guys. We got to make sure if we're going to lose this game, all right, obviously we want to win, but if we lose, do not let this individual be the reason why we lost. Um, usually I'll have one to two guys that'll be in red. Might be like, you know, obviously the best player, but the other one might just be a shooter. You know, just something, again, the guys seeing that too, from a visual standpoint, they said that really helps them. Um, all the other players obviously are just going to be in a, like just a black marker that we usually use. Um, and I'm going to say to guys too, it was like, look, two of the six guys we have listed here are in red. Again, if we're going to lose this game, let's not have the two guys in red beat us. Let's have the other four guys that are on this scout report. Let them be the ones that beat us because they've never been put in this position before. They ride these two guys as coattails for them to be successful. So let's force these guys 
have to make reads, reactions, and let's force them to have to win the game. Um, if we do all that and follow to a T, you know, hopefully we're successful and we win. Um, but again, I've learned my ways throughout the time here, running scout reports with the guys. And again, I'm always open for other feedback that other coaches do. Um, again, this is what I've done the last couple of years with the guys, with our scout reports. Again, we've had great success. Um, the guys really love it. Um, and plus, too, the guys see, too, is that not only do we care for them as coaches, but, like, you know, we care as well because we want, we want us to be successful as well. And that's why I say to the guys, like, look, I'm trying to put you guys in the most successful positions possible. Like, yep, by me giving you all this stuff on a scout report, yeah, I'm going to call you out if you're not, you know, holding your end of the bargain. If a shooter takes a shot, you don't have a hand up. Yeah, I'm going to be a little upset with you because I've told you a handful of times leading up to the game that you're guarding this kid. You can't let him get any clean looks. Um, so, again, I know that seemed like a lot of word vomit. I went through it very quickly. Um, I hope you guys were able to pick up on this. Um, and I can share this presentation with you guys as well. Um, I can share it with Coach Kramer, and then he can put it out on the Coach's Edge, or we can I can share it with you just via email, whatever works best for you. Um, but coach, is there any questions that we want to do? Thank you for listening to this episode. Again, a little bit different. It was a chance for you to take a listen to one of our live Zoom presentations. Obviously, as you listen to this, you know, Coach Burton was presented. There was video that he was showing. There was PDFs that he was showing on screen. But we hope that you can get a feel for everything that he shared some of the teaching points that you can apply to your team to make it better. So thank you for listening. If you find it beneficial, subscribe, rate, review, please. That goes a really long way in October, November, December of this past year. We're our three biggest months in listenership. We want to keep that ball rolling into 2022. And one of the best ways that you can support us is leaving that positive rating and review. It goes a really long way. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Get after it.